0: you're listening to Tarot Talk, and I'm your host, Holly Ramey. I'm going to serve you some practical magic and give you tips and tools to bring the mystical into your everyday life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 31 of Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Holly Rainey, and I'm super excited to be sitting down today with Anais of Mystical Mandrake Root. Um, if you didn't listen, she was on episode 21, which was featured back in January, which was also during eclipse season. So we are following up with another special eclipse episode. And in this episode, we're going to talk about um, Anais's work as a doing ancestral and past life reading um and if you want to get a little more info about her you can definitely go back and listen um, because she does amazing work with astrology and tarot and she makes magical things and you can look into all of that welcome Anaya. thank you for having
1: me again you're welcome
0: <laughs> on another eclipse season i know <laughs> before we jump in, actually, how is it going? Because you're in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. How's the energy been there?
1: It's it's been something else. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, the thing is I'm born and bred New York. So, you know, I I was born here, grew up here. Um, So it's kind of, it's a little crazy madness, but also too, I mean, growing up I grew up in the South Bronx was born in the 80s so you know I I've heard and seen my fair share of uh New York City wildness and yeah yeah it's kind of crazy it's a little bit of a crazy time yeah here. and uh I'll tell you one thing I'm really missing of nature though like
0: <laughs> yeah i I went in to pick up my stepsons in Brooklyn just a few weeks ago, and it was eerie driving down Canal Street and seeing every shop boarded up. and: It's so weird. Just quiet.
1: It is, and it's like there's like this kind of eerie quiet in the air, and you know, I guess to clarify, like I don't mean crazy, like, you know like, any kind of weird apocalypse thing, but more like there's a weird quiet and, Mm. you know, um, things are closed. And, you know, for a city that's always busy and everything's always happening, for that kind of eeriness to be, like, kind of cast upon it, it's very odd. It's Mm. odd.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like that's affected um, the work that you do in the city at all?
1: I think... No, not really. I mean, I've been... I think my guides and ancestors have kept me probably almost busier than ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, I'm home. You know, I don't really got many reasons to go out. Yeah. Um, and I've just been working and doing a lot of stuff. And they've kept me busy. So I think I'm like, in a way, almost working more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's funny how that happens, right? It's like it the world is shutting down, but somehow e- the work is still needed. And I think it's needed now more than ever yeah. <clears throat> in times of such political unrest and chaos and like the unknown and so much shadow coming up. A lot everyone. of shadow. A lot of shadow. Right? Whew. I I almost want to talk about Neptune, but I don't want to get <laughs> off track. <laughs> but maybe if we have time at the end and you have any insights. Yeah. Um so you just did for me an a combo of ancestor and past life healing and I really wanted to have you on the podcast again to talk about it and we were just chatting before we pushed record and I was saying how spot on some of this stuff was um And you gave me advice that's like really practical for what's happening in my life right now, which is so cool and I didn't really expect. And then this whole plethora of information about specific ancestors and about specific past lives um, and kind of who these ancestors are and then like what I was and what my energy was like in these past lives. And so I really want to highlight uh, this work, starting with the ancestor reading. Um, let's just start by saying like, what is an ancestor and why would we want to, you know, connect with them or have a reading?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, an ancestor is someone that we're descendant from, you know, uh, just Go and you can go, you know, you can meet an ancestor that's like five generations earlier than you, someone that was like 15 generations, like you can go way back. Um, so that's the ancestor. And as far as connecting with them, you know, it's and of course, like I even say in the PDF and I say to people that reach out about a reading, you know, this is not something that everybody will find out is for them. If it's something that someone's uninterested in, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, sometimes people are born into families or lineages that they're really kind of like, I'm not down with any of this. So like they probably don't want to connect to <laughs> their ancestors. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as the shoulds of doing that work, like if you feel it in your heart, in your soul, and you're someone that, um, that kind of thing is important to you, and you also feel their presence, then ancestor work is really beneficial yeah, for you. Um, because like not only can you, and initiate that connection. Um, You have this whole other level that you can tap into with like people that have your back, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's a great point that you made because like I've, I have seen in my own life how like some people like in my family, like some of my cousins have always been like super interested in our lineage and they'll do like ancestry.com and are always kind of trying to look back and like, see, and that was never anything that I was interested in as a younger person. Um, and it wasn't until now in the last few years through like um more like gardening and cooking and developing my practice and like connection to earth energy and like herbalism that I've started to become interested in Mm -hmm. ancestry. And so it's not something that I was like kind of innately drawn to. Um, And I I think there is like a different energy um, or timing for everyone.
1: Definitely, Um, I agree. And then some, some people can come from them later. I mean, I've had clients that, same as you, they want all these years without being drawn at all to ancestor work. And then I'll give it an email and they're like, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but in the last year or whatever, like, well, just doing blah, blah, blah. I keep thinking about ancestors. So I found this old photo book and I'm really curious, are any of them around me? So it can take you by surprise too. Yeah,
0: yeah totally. And I was wondering like if you don't know anything about your lineage, and maybe you're even a person who like doesn't even know who their parents or who their grandparents or anything about their, their ancestors on either side, um, can you still do readings for them, even if they have no knowledge of their genealogy or anything like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Still can. So um, in the process of the whole consultation process, asking questions, because... As a lot of you know already, that's what I do before I choose who I'll work with. Um, During that process, I'll also ask a little information, you know, like, what do you know? But if someone doesn't know anything or, you know, they're adopted or their parents aren't in their life, you can still get a reading done, Um, you know, because it's like the way that it's done is, you know, I, my ancestors work really closely with me. And then they help me kind of, like, if you can imagine, enter that gate of where I'm going to go get that knowledge and everything like that. So even if you are someone who doesn't have your parents or anything like that, I still can do the reading. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to have, like, that, you know, connection, (laughs) like, in your life when you reach out and do the reading. Um, So, yes, you could, a person could still get one. And yet, like you said, too, even if they don't know anything about um, their lineage, because, They'll. It's almost like they'll kind of go and retrieve the ones that do want to share with me, mm-hmm. and so they'll come. They'll come either way, whether you
0: know where they were from or not. You know. So it could almost be like an in, an initiation into ancestor work is having a reading with you, and then from there you can kind of decide if you want to dive deeper. Into exactly,
1: it. and I, yeah, I love that description. So that's how I think about it too, and. I have a follow-up PDF that I send people about advice on how to continue the work if you want. Um, And even in there, I tell them, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of like ushering you into the space, you know, like I'm at the gate with you. This reading is an introduction. Mm -hmm. Um, You choose what you want to do after that. Yeah, (laughs) It's like, it's your path to walk after that. I'm not with you for the rest of the path, but I I walk you to the door. And like, Mm -hmm. that's what the reading is.
0: I love that metaphor. And by the way, for the listeners, the PDF that you give is so detailed and informative and gives so, so many resources on ancestral work and how to do it. And just like, it made me feel really confident that this was something I could do because it's always felt, um, kind of like out of my reach in a way. and again, not something I was connected to earlier in life, so just having that information so clear and broken down and detailed, and like, oh yeah, this is available. Like I can do this. So thank, thank you. For you. That. <laughs> that, was a,
1: that was a really... Uh, well said, had a, <clears throat> I wrote all those last year when I had um, a Capricorn moon and that cap for my solar return, and that, that created. Those PDFs that I have <laughs> that I sudden to everybody. Bless the Capricorn moon that I had for twelve. Yeah.
0: Years. <laughs> that Earth energy, yeah, <laughs> pulling you down. Um, so. I was wondering if you could explain a little bit about like your process of entering into this work. Like what led you to work with your own ancestors? Did you always feel their presence from a young age? And how did you kind of learn how to um, connect to them and then to be able to connect to and call in those of others?
1: Yeah, definitely. So for me, it was something that I always felt um, from really early on even though I didn't really kind of know how to phrase it or what it was, you know, I always felt it. And, uh, you know, I always kind of, I didn't have an ancestor altar or anything like that, but they were always present and they were always there. And um, as far as when I officially started the work, I think it just started, (laughs) you know, it was almost like, I felt like all my ancestors were just like sick of it. They were like, she's taking too long. (laughs) It's just like, they just like threw me into it. Um, But even when I did, I think it was like 10 years ago or something, um, I did this healing session with something that was also combined with Akashic Records. And um, through that session, I learned from the the person was telling me, you know, like you're the person. (laughs) <laughs> that is like, you know, there are people and generations that kind of like initiate ancestral healing and everything like that because they also are carrying a lot of it from their lineage, even if they don't know. And it was like, you're that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, so then the work just started. Yeah. And um, let's see, I think I lost your other question. Let's see. So that's how it started. Yeah. A reminder.
0: And then I was asking like where you kind of learned how to connect to them okay, and how then you uh, turn that into connecting to other people's ancestors too. Okay, perfect. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: I think for me, um, one of the main things is they would come through dreams and stuff and then kind of just as an experiment one day, I pulled out a tarot deck. And it was kind of like, okay, talk to me through this. <laughs> mm. And then that just stuck. Like it's, you know, I even have special, like I have um, special decks that I use for this. And my shelf was full of like 33 <laughs> tarot decks or something crazy. And there's 10 of them that I use for ancestor stuff. So the tarot is how that came about. And that that's like their chosen mode of communicating with me. And then on top of that too, I'm also, um, I also, Claire, oh, hey, kitty cat. Is here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I also receive a lot of information intuitively. So I'm using the tarot and I get downloads. Mm. And sometimes it's through images. Um, sometimes it's through uh, feelings, you know, like feel something. Mm-hmm. Like when I did, when I did yours, <laughs> when I did your reading and I'm like the, one ancestor, the very watery one came in, you know, it was like mm. this like rush, like it felt like this rush of water. And then I also felt like uh, you know, I could tell that regal energy that she had because I was sitting there and I felt the water, but then also I felt like almost like somebody was like, sit up, <laughs> you know, like a like a straightening of the <laughs> shoulders. <laughs> and I was like, Oh wow, okay, high priestess, like I I feel what your vibe is. Yeah. Um, so all of that is how i get information through the tarot which is my main tool Mm -hmm. as far as working for other people um it started with i would i had like friends that would ask Mm -hmm. and i did it for them and then after that i think i had a few friends that were like recommend people and then um at first like everything with me which i probably talked about in the other podcast with you because my tenth house chiron i was just like don't I don't so you're just, you just sent my email to somebody. Like you're my friend. I'm okay doing it for you. Um, and then yeah, from there it's just kind of awesome. And especially this year, I have to say, like 70% of the readings I'm doing for people this year have been um the ancestor readings.
0: Wow. I think people are really starting to I don't know, I feel like, or at least for me personally, this stronger connection to earth energy. And I don't know if maybe it's even sparked by the pandemic and slowing down and planting a garden and kind of doing these things. But I do, and maybe it's also because I very much connect um, root chakra, that earth energy to ancestry and like our roots. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope that we all have like a collective root chakra healing. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) That would be amazing. Um, so the one thing that I noticed in, um, the reading that you spoke about was protection. And specifically for me, the card that you pulled as like a general card for, um, just like a message from my ancestors was the seven of wands. And if you don't know that image, it is a woman and she's like holding a wand in front of her. And it's kind of like, is she, um, about to fight? Is she in this defensive stance? You know, it is, this very protective stance. Um, And, you know, it's also about like using our inner fire to stand Mm -hmm. strong. And, um, it had a really beautiful message, but, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about protection because you also mentioned in the follow-up PDF that it's very important to use protection when we're working with our ancestors. And even for myself, I feel like, um, there was a lot of trauma in the, um, more current generations and those ancestors don't really feel like available to me to work with I wonder if you could speak a little bit about like protection and why that's important when we're doing ancestral work
1: definitely so you know it's important for a number of reasons um one just like any energy work anything that you're any ritual you know I mean that's something that you're going to do right you're going to set up your space you're going to as for, um, you know, what it is your intentions are, you're going to ask for protection. And the thing is, when you're doing ancestor to work, um, you're tapping into something, you know. And even if somebody doesn't consider themselves intuitive and they just have a picture and a candle and they put water there every once in a while, you're still, like, inviting an energy. You're still calling it in. So it's like, you don't want to just be general, kind of (laughs) like, you know, everybody is welcome because you don't know who you're inviting. And you also can have like unwell ancestors, which even if they didn't have bad intent, like they're not well. So do you want to call that in your space? No. You want to call that into your reading? No. You can have ancestors that could be, and I've encountered this in other people's readings and myself too, that probably want to connect and talk with you, but they're, they're off. They're not like, the energy isn't right. And the thing is, if you're, a, especially if you're an intuitive person or empathic or you have any number of abilities like clairaudient or this or that, those kind of ancestors can latch because they're just like, oh, you can understand me. And it's just like, you'll have to kick them out because they will not want to leave or they may not respect your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Then there's the subject of like, the bad, you know, or, you know, just for lack of a better word right now, the bad, not so great ancestors, Mm -hmm. um, which could mean a whole, a whole number of things. And you definitely don't want to call them in. So that's why the protection thing is so important because, you know, it's like intentionally calling in ones that are well, that are good, good intentioned, you know, that are Mm -hmm. here to help you and, you know, however else you want to state that, but it's massively important to call them in.
0: Yeah. And so this actually wasn't with you, but I've had like energy readings um, and different healing sessions. And in one, I specifically remember, um, she said to me that there were um, ancestors um, from my matriarchal line, like in my womb space and that they were kind of like, it was being like pinched together and they were saying like, no, this isn't for you. And she needed to like help to clear them, and then that they were kind of angry <laughs> that they had been kicked out yeah. um and so I wonder if I guess my question around that is like are ancestors that are kind of present but not with the best energy um are they is how does that, how do we help to like heal through that lineage? Um, because I do know that like when we can, we can be cycle breakers, right? And so like, is that kind of why we want to do this is to help. And when we do the work to connect to our ancestral ancestors and do this kind of, um, do our own shadow work and the healing that we came here to do, like, can it help to heal generations back? It can. Because the thing is,
1: by being a cycle breaker and being someone doing the work, you are not only healing yourself, you're healing the future generations, which are the ones to come. And then you're also sending healing back. So that's another reason why it's such powerful work. Um, because it's not just you. It goes, it goes past you. It, goes in, it also goes in front of you. So you can think of it as this ray, you know, that you're emitting in both directions. Mm. And one of the things that I do is I, I ask my... Um, well my like well healed ancestors Mm -hmm. to help the ones that aren't oh that's really and then that way I'm not inviting that in and I'm not setting that space and sometimes they'll come in you know like I have one ancestor who's three generations away and you know I think he he likes me he likes hanging out you know he's kind of like oh, look at this, like, little mystical ancestor I have. Like, this is cool. But I don't love his spot. I don't love his energy. I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan. So whenever he comes in, because he'll visit, I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I need you to go. Like, this mm-hmm. is my space. It's not, like, I hope you continue to heal. And whenever he does come to, and I know some stuff about his life now, I'm just like, you know, I hope you continue to heal because you're, mm-hmm. you're not there yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I also need you to go. So bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't yeah. stay. <laughs> yeah
0: okay so i was wondering also like what are your favorite because in the in the pdf that you provide you give like i don't know probably like five or ten different ways to kind of connect um and i was just wondering what some of your favorites were since i don't have time to like go through all of them yeah definitely. Um, what your favorite practices are just in your personal Um, or maybe even in your readings too, like when you're ready to, um, set up and connect and really open that channel. Um, what, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So, um, first part, my favorites personally, um, again, I love the tarot. Um, and I also like to do automatic, automatic writing, or, Mm -hmm. um, I guess there probably is a term for it, but again, Mercury and Pisces issues. (laughs) <laughs> um like on like I just draw and I see what comes out <laughs> oh, <laughs> in the cool. drawing so but the automatic writing they like a lot too um I'll get stuff that way so that and the tarot and um sometimes what I do is I'll lay the tarot out and I just kind of let myself go into a trance like I'll pull a card for an ancestor and, and I'll put like three support cards under just like what they want to tell me about their life and I'll just like stare at it and then I'll just let myself like go into like a different space and then i just start to pick up stuff like as if i'm watching this dream unfold and then i'll like write it down or i'll speak into my uh voice notes to my phone and then like you know make sense of it later so those are some of my favorite ways um and then i ask them to kind of my dreams because i'm really receptive in my dreams too and there are some ancestors that do prefer that i have some that don't really show up in the cards But in my dreams, they're like right there. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. Because they'll respond to different things. So there's definitely an element of experimenting. Um, Mm -hmm. Some ancestors may not like one way, but they'll communicate to you in another.
0: Um,
1: As far as when I set up and do the work for clients, um, I set it up kind of very, like I cleanse the space. I like to play music. Um, Before I start, I have a rattle, a rattle on the bell. And um, I like to use those because for me, that just signals it's time mm-hmm. <laughs> to do the work. I'm really into oils and like anointing oils. So I have some specific ones that I use for readings. I do that. And then I usually to set up two altars. There's the temporary altar that goes up for the client that mm-hmm. day for that reading. And next to it is the one for my guides and my protectors and my ancestors. Because even though I know they're with me, I still like the physical altar right next to that. Because yeah. they're, they're like my, you know my safety wall and um afterwards what I do is I you know I do my regular clearing stuff I use the rattle I use the bell and then I leave water out with the spread just to kind of like feed it and then feed you know those who were willing to oh sorry those are willing to talk with me um that day and then I close everything and I tell them they have to go back you know (laughs) it's like you can't You can't stay here with me you're not my ancestors yeah you know (laughs) go hang out until so-and-so's ready for you (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: so you mentioned as you were talking um you know you have the space for your ancestors your guides your protectors and then you have the altar space for your clients um How do you, or do you know when you're opening your space and kind of calling in your support, do you know always like who is who? (laughs) Like, are you like, okay, these are my ancestors. These are my spirit guides. These are, you know, does, is there like a a delineation um, between them? There is. Clear for you. It is,
1: um, luckily, cause I know that that can be confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but luckily I, I know who mine are. My guides and my ancestors are pretty like, they're my guides and ancestors and like, they will make it clear. I got some, um, some funny ones in there that even if I'm confused, they'll just like straight up tell me and I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, <And laughs> I got it. <laughs> and then if, and other people's, um, I feel it's like, a, even though I can't put it in words, I do, I can feel the difference. Like I okay. know it's not mine. Um, Cause sometimes even when I'm setting up, depending on how excited a person's ancestor is to talk to me, like I won't be done yet. And then they're just like, Hey, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs>
0: You're like, wait your turn. (laughs) Exactly. And do you feel like your ancestors play a different role in your healing and your work than, say, like your guides do? Um,
1: I would probably say yes. Now, yes. Uh, Before, if you asked me this a year ago, um, I would probably say no. No. But the reason I say yes now is because they're really at the forefront. Like I feel like this is me <laughs> and this is all my ancestors like marching right behind me and mm-hmm. just like directing me. Um, Cause I know that they work through me and that I definitely have a strong call for ancestor work, but something about this year really showed me like that. I mean, my guides are still still there too, but my ancestors feel a little like they're calling the shots and they wrote the map. So they're definitely up in the front row with me They're in the passenger seat, yeah. <laughs> very strongly navigating my work. Mm. Yeah.
0: And so you feel like that's changed kind of throughout the course of your life and, and your work and what's needed. Yes. Well, cool. well, cool. um, so the one thing that really, uh, stuck with me as I was reading through the PDF you sent was that, um you had a little section about feeding your spirits and you said that um, this is a must, you know, if we want to really do this ancestor work. And I I felt a little bad because I've called in my ancestors uh, more and more over the last few years to help me with, you know, when I open channels for Reiki and Sero and um, I've never fed them. (laughs) (laughs) So I was wondering if you could tell me about this practice and like, Um, where it comes from or, you know, what, what, what to feed them and, and how to know. Yeah.
1: So the answer on that, I'll have to keep really simple because it depends so much on your lineage. It depends so much on your culture, where you come from, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never want to like misrepresentation, you know what I mean? Something. (laughs) And uh, you know, give the wrong info. Or, you know, I'm not going to assume I know how something works for from a certain culture. So I would say that varies. Like, if you're interested in ancestor work, um, look into what that looks like for you and your culture and then how it's done where you come from. That mm. will give you a lot of info about how the spirits are fed, on tips on how you can do your altar, everything like that. Okay. In a general sense, to answer it, um, water is like one of the most simplest things that you can do for feeding mm. them. And what I mean by feeding them is... Um, You're asking them to do work for you, right? You're calling them in. So it's like a show of gratitude and respect to leave them something too. Whether that's a candle that you only light when you're working with them. It's their candle. Mm. Or you have like three crystals there. Those are their stones. Um, Every once in a while, you you fill the water in that space. That water is for them. So it doesn't have to be this full-on, like, gourmet spread or anything.
0: (laughs) So I don't have to, like, cook eggs every (laughs) morning.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And some people do, you know? So that's what I mean about it being so varied. Like, some people put plates of food. Um, I don't really do that. Like, mine, like, a lot of that old-school general stuff. Like, I don't smoke at all, but I have um, ancestors that really like tobacco. So I buy it, and I leave it on the altar. Um, I leave water, and I leave... I leave alcohol spirits, you know, and I leave coffee. Those are like four of their favorite rotating things.
0: Mm. That's really interesting because um, my mentor trained with shaman's in South America and a lot of the practices that were taught to me um, when it comes to doing um, Reiki and, and healing work and building altars were similar. Like I was taught to always light candles and um, put different crystals and different herbs and um, leave offerings of tobacco and things Mm -hmm. as a gift of gratitude to the earth. Um, And so in a way, maybe I was feeding my spirits. I think you were. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I didn't connect it directly to ancestors, I connected it to offering these things back to mother but isn't mother yeah a representation of our all of our mothers <laughs> it is definitely I mean you're probably
1: already doing it indirectly you know yeah
0: yeah so cool um okay so I wanted to to pivot a little bit into the past life work that you did and specifically for me, the past life reading was again, like spot on in so many ways. And it was also surprising that you were able to like, um, really hone in on these like characteristics of each past life and like how in that past life, I kind of moved through the world and what my main lessons were. And honestly, what, like the things that lacked in those past lives, you you kind of said were like things that are to be dealt with in this life Mm -hmm. and a lot of it um in the past lives were like um these energies that were like really focused on exploration and travel and what felt like was lacking as like a theme was like um connection and family bonding and if you look at my chart like (laughs) i'm an airy sun with a libra rising so like My Aries is in the seventh house. My Libra is in the first house. And one of the biggest lessons of my life is relationship and connection. And even right now, going through the solar eclipse, like, you know, my fourth house has Jupiter and Cap. And it's just like this, the sense of trying to find um, a new definition of home and safety and family has been such a major theme and like, my. My partner is a cancer, double <laughs> cancer. And my stepson's are Pisces. <laughs> and they're like, it's like emo. It's <laughs> like water. watery. And it's just like, I've, I've been, I felt so strongly these themes um, that you said. And like, you don't know any of that about me. You don't, you've never seen my birth chart. Mm-hmm. So it was so cool how you were able to pick up on these things. Um, and so like, the first question I wanted to ask you is like, How do you know, like when you're about to do a past life reading, is it just like, do you just ask about like the three, the last three past lives? Like how do you know what, what wants to come through and like how many past lives do we have? Do some people have like more than others? How does that all work?
1: Great questions. So yeah, um, it depends. Somebody can be, people can be more recent and they only say have like three Mm -hmm. of their lives, right? Other people go way back. A really good example is, um, you know, for example, like I have somebody in my life who I've done readings for before and is also a relative and sh- I've only ever gotten like three other lives for her. Mm-hmm. And she even said, cause she wasn't drawn to this at first. And all of a sudden she was like, can you do one for me? And she was like, I feel like I wasn't around long. So a lot of times too, we know, mm-hmm. we know. She said that for as long as I can remember. She's like, I don't think I go way back. And I strongly believe right now is her fourth one. Wow. Her soul spirit was off doing some other stuff that wasn't even the earth plane. And yeah. she, she was only human a few times, you know? And then like me, I've been around for so long, which is probably another reason that when I was a kid, I was just like, so adults already, you know, my mom was like, I was so serious. I was almost like, again,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. I I relate to that because I feel like kind of an old soul, but my partner, when I asked him, he was like, Oh no, I feel like I'm very new. Like, I just feel like so amazed by so many things. And he does have this, like, like when you see him in, um, in a place, like experiencing something new, it is very like childlike. And he's just like, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm just like a new soul. And I'm like, Whoa, really? I know, it's so interesting, right?
1: Like how different that could be. So it's like, there's people like that or people like you and me, uh, especially now having done your reading that we have old energy, like we've been around for a long time. And then there are people in between. Mm -hmm. So it really varies. Um, And then as far as setting up the space and how many lives come in, I've noticed consistently that Max, my ancestors, because they work so closely with me, we'll kind of cap it at three mm. in the reading. Okay. Which is also good because it's a lot of work yeah. and I'm like dropping in and like they will seriously stop it at three. If I'm being stubborn, and I think there might be a fourth and I'm like, let me ask. Like it's like the card deck will like not let me take a card. <laughs> like it'll just be done. Um, so I'm sure in a session, somebody could maybe have a fourth speak in, but then also, you know, the three feels right. Yeah. There are some people I've done ancestor readings for that only two. Yeah came up or one. And then the whole reading was focused on that one. And then there's you where, you know, I got the three. So yeah. It
0: yeah. That's so cool. And I wonder, like, I imagine it must be that like some past lives, like have more to offer us than others. Um, and that's kind of leading into my next question, which is like, how, How does knowing that information kind of help us in our current life? So
1: um, one of the benefits about that, and what helps too is the way I do the readings. So what I ask when I go in is, um, this is why I ask the the client questions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so I know, okay, what's on your mind now? What, what draws you to get this reading? Because you were drawn to it for a reason. And then I only ask about lives that have to do with that question that have to do with what drew you to the reading with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that way, it's not just filled with a bunch of random, like you were a dancer once, like, what does a life as a dancer have to do with (laughs) what you're asking? Yeah. So it's all very intentional. Um, So it's like, when you leave the reading and you have those lives, um, they came up for a specific reason. They have to do with why you wanted the reading. So, you know, you can take that information and like sit with it, explore it more. Like, okay, this was a past life thing. Maybe somebody just needed a confirmation. And they're like, this is where it comes from. I'm not making this up. I don't want to carry this cycle again because it showed up in two of my past lives. Like, Mm. no more with this. Or if there was something lacking in those lives and it's like, okay, I'm really going to make an effort in this life to have, like, say in the sense of an explorer like you, right? Like with all the traveling and moving around you did and like having these like solo lives. um, It's like, I do want like relationship and family and all of this. And then that fiery urge in my soul is just like, go explore. I've always been like that. (laughs) So that's why that's there. But I made a promise to myself to root in this life. This life is about having the root. So it also can be a reminder for people. Um, And then beyond that, I just think it can help people in a lot of ways. It's just, they have to be open to what it means for them to find the ways that it'll help them. Because I can only do so much by offering it and giving it. And then it's up to the person from there to be like, how can I use this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I feel like that's, like, a lot of the work that that we do, right? It's like, I can only take you so far, but here's the medicine. You go take it every day. (laughs) Make sure it's the right dosage for you. All of that, right? Exactly. Um, The other thing I noticed is that you offered, like, such a plethora of information in, like, crystals and herbs and oils and different ways um just using them as like tools to connect to both our ancestors and our past lives and I was just wondering a little bit about like how you learned through that and like um just how these tools kind of help us uh connect to these different areas
1: yeah definitely so for me um I've always been someone that uses a lot of different little things and I create one thing out of it it 's like mystical magic root, like I described it before it 's a branches of a lot of different things that come together, and the tree is mystical magic root, mm. so I do that in my work too so it 's never just tarot, like I have crystals on the table. I wipe the table down with a special oil before I read, like it 's a bunch of little parts that make up the whole so that 's why in the PDF, when I give advice on either like past life work or ancestor work, naturally, because me being me. I include crystals for it, oils for it, all of this, because that's who I am. Mm. Um, And it's information, of course, somebody could choose to use or not use. If someone's not into stones, they could totally skip that section. Mm. But it's there as an option. Um, Because I find in my work, not only do I use this stuff, but I feel like it helps just build the vibe. It helps you really tap in, you know, like having the stone that you use only for when you do past life stuff or only ancestor stuff it can really tap you in like you can hold it and just drop in, you know? So I think those extra things um, can really increase the ability of a person to feel connected to the work if they choose to use them.
0: Yeah. And I love too that like crystals and herbs are earth energy and, (laughs) you know, just further connecting us to that root chakra and like the earth just giving us those tools that like as an offering. Um, okay. This has been so amazing. Um, I always love having you on the podcast. If you guys are interested in readings, um, I highly recommend the ancestral and the past life. It's such a detailed look at um, things that you may not have thought about or um been connected to but then it just for me really helped to put some connect some dots and like bringing up some themes that have been currently in my life and um really just like reinforcing some information that I had a question about or that was I was maybe procrastinating a little bit on and I feel like those guides were just like here you go (laughs) like if you were it'll happen like that yeah we'll get stuff sometimes that we're we're not
1: ready to see or we're like oh all right you're gonna tell me about that
0: okay (laughs) even like well, because I didn't have a, a lot of questions about past life stuff. And um, I was just like, you know, what? I'll just throw this in there because I've been to India four times and I've always felt so connected. So I was like, did I ever live there in a past life? You pulled this card about that was called Zen. And um, it was a past life in which I lived in Asia or India somewhere and um, was like Practice Zen Buddhism. And that was the first book I ever read. That was a spiritual book at 16 that like initiated me into the work that I do now. So that was just so reassuring and reaffirming. And it really just like made my heart feel really happy when I saw that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: um I was happy for you I pulled that card I was like yes
0: yeah and even some of the symbols like you use this beautiful deck called modern witch and um I often have a mermaid come up in when I do reiki sessions and when I saw that queen of cups and she had a mermaid on her chair Mm -hmm. um And my friend, Rebecca, who I do Reiki with, will always say, like, you had this strong mermaid energy. And she, like, helped you deal with these emotional issues and, like, swim strongly down to the bottom of the ocean and clear. And I'm like, that's her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So just little things like that that were so, like, reassuring. And I think it's also so, so beautiful to just know that, like, we have support. It is. I agree. Even, um, even when we feel like we don't have support, like in the moment that it's there and it's around us and it's available. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for doing work like this. That really helps like bridge the gap um, and, and, and allows us to feel more supported and more clear and um, just more nourished. It was really nourishing.
1: Yeah. And that makes me very happy because that's my hope.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you, two minutes, can you tell us (laughs) a little bit about, um, It doesn't have to be Neptune. I've been feeling just like so connected to dream work right now and really feeling the shadow kind of work coming up in the collective. Um, But is there anything that you feel really strongly about astrology now um, with everything that's going on, the Black Lives Matter movement coming up, this pandemic coming up, this huge um, just revolutionary um, Yeah energy that's coming up now um how are you kind of um i don't know making sense of it with all your knowledge of <laughs> so many things astrology oh. and past lives and all of that uh, I, mean, I know that's a huge question <laughs>
1: oh it's okay uh, one of those cra- one of the crazy things about it is and i'm sure people listening and you too have heard This echoed a thousand times prior from other astrologers, but it's like the astrology of 2020 is crazy. And like, even if we were looking at it or expecting it, like, you know, I remember looking at everything coming up and like keeping an eye on 2020 astrology last year. And I was like, what is going to happen? Because that is wild. Like we have all these transits, like all these like big revolutionary, like transits in one year, like right after each other. So, like, I knew it was going to be big. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to be tower card energy, you know? I was like, the next, 2020 is going to be crazy, like, electric. Yeah. But I didn't know exactly what, you know, like, I didn't know that, unfortunately, this, like, sickness would come in and spread, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but... With the, all the transits we have this year, it was like, I was like, this is like tower energy stuff. And tarot wise, like I think this year is the emperor year, right? Yeah. So it's like if you combine the tower with the emperor. I was like, Oh man, like 2020 is going to be something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what. <laughs> so even though I knew and I felt it coming, I didn't know exactly what to expect. And now that I'm in it, I'm just like, well, this makes sense <laughs> 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 because of like the transits we have. It's insane. Um, it makes sense. It's just like, all right, this is where it's revolution time. It really is. That's like the best way I can put it. And, um, another reason too, that I think I've, ancestor work is always important, but even more important now, because especially as somebody that is in a time like this, and it's like, we've had ancestors that have had to survive only having like bread to eat for like Mm. months or beans, you know, or like barely survived their Barely, barely made it on the trip alive to go start a new life somewhere else. We've had ancestors who have like fought and walked and bridges and like, you know, first, like um, first African American ancestors to like go to schools and desegregate them. Like we've had, our ancestors have fought so hard and this is something I'm really passionate about. And this is an energy that we're in this right now. We are doing what they've done and what they fought so hard for. So it's like, if there's ever a time to have that backup (laughs) and Mm -hmm. connect with them, it's now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, but this is totally revolution time for sure. And like weeding out what needs to go Um, because it's not okay. It has to go, you know, we can't, I think also too the astrology of this year is making it so that people can't act blind anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like they know it's an issue, but it hasn't happened to anyone they know. Mm -hmm. Or... Or, you know, but I haven't seen it with my own eyes. It's like, no, like the bandage has been ripped off. The rose color glasses were thrown in the garbage. The veil is lifted. The veil is lifted. Yeah. Yeah. And because of everything going on too, I think the spiritual world is extra busy. It's Mm -hmm. very amped up, which is why a lot of people that do work like us and empaths are like really tired. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, like I'm exhausted. I know a whole bunch of other people too that are like, I'm not even reading tarot right now because I'm tired.
0: Yeah. I know I've had to take some breaks too, um, but I feel like it's really what you're saying about our ancestors and like how hard they they work to get us to where we are today. And it's like I think that the ancestor work is so important because like they remind us of our resiliency yes, and our strength, yes, and we exactly. need it now more than ever. And like oh, it goes deep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I feel like right now there's almost like you can imagine this veil and it's thin, it's the thinnest it's ever been. And like the, our ancestors that were fighters and warriors and like revolutionists and like started movements and, you know, like took that crazy three month trip so that they could give their family a better life somewhere else. Like they are just there and they're waiting and they're ready. And they're like, you have the strength, you could do this. So anybody that wants to like communicate and talk with them. This is like a great time to do it. And like I said, 70% of the work that I've been doing the last couple of months has been ancestor work. And this is something people are
0: feeling. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Um, I will link up your website and your Instagram in the show notes. For anyone who is interested in getting a reading, I highly, highly recommend it. Anaisa's work is so beautiful and such a great supportive offering for these times. Is there anything else that you wanted to shout out or promote?
1: Um, yeah, I would just say um, yeah, anyone that wants to reach out, um, yeah, I'll send you an email. And you know, I'm July is already pretty booked. So I'd say August on is <laughs> good. And yeah, just kind of take care of yourselves and, you know, remember your strength and your resilience. And, you know, if you need a reminder, pull your strength card out of your favorite tarot deck and just like sit it somewhere where you can see it. You know, we have to remind
0: ourselves of that right now. Mm -hmm. 100%. All right. Thank you so much, Anais. And um, (laughs) everybody stay tuned for a full moon tarot cast. Hi, everybody. Bye. Hi, hey, everyone. This is the second portion of the show where we're going to explore a tarot forecast for the upcoming lunar eclipse. We're having a full moon in Capricorn on early, early in the morning on Sunday, July 5th, or you might see July 4th if you are on the West Coast. So lunar eclipses always happen on full moons. And this is the third eclipse that we're having in the last two months. And this eclipse will close out the eclipse season for the next six months and giving us a little bit of a break um, from that heavy intensity and like really transformative energy of an eclipse. And what we look at with lunar eclipses are what is being released, what is being transformed. Um, and eclipse season is a time that generally is associated with a lot of intensity, with a lot of turbulence, um, and with the bringing up and kind of lighting up of any shadow or any themes that are ready, right, to be released. And so I always recommend during eclipse season, rather than doing intense spell work or manifestation, um, Just taking it easy and kind of going with the flow, trying to be really grounded and really present with whatever is coming up for you. You might have trouble sleeping. You might feel really mentally or emotionally or even physically exhausted during eclipse time, right? Because eclipses, like I said, tend to bring a bit of intensity with them. So if you have been feeling really off or really tired or unable to sleep, it could very much be the eclipse, right? We can think of eclipses like um, really intense full moons in that they can really heighten the energy around us. And this eclipse is the final eclipse of an entire series of eclipses that happened on the Cancer-Capricorn axis. So this started back in July of 2018. And so we may be closing out any themes that really started to come up for us around this time. Now Capricorn is an earth sign And it's also a cardinal sign. So it initiates action in its suit in order to accomplish great feats. And Capricorn is really our ability to use our resources in order to climb any mountain, right? The Capricorn is the goat, right? And so it can climb to great heights. And I I think about like a lot of, um, success and stability when it comes to Capricorn. Capricorn is really, really great energy for building things that are strong and stable, for highlighting our roles in the public, right? And it's also, we're going to look at the 10th house, um, which is about our career in our public roles. And so These are themes that can come up during this time, but you can also look to be a little more specific about how this energy affects you. You can look at where your 10th house is, what sign it's in, any planets there. You can look at where Capricorn is, what house it's associated with, and what planets are there. If you wanna take a more detailed look at how this this specific eclipse time is hitting your chart. Okay, you guys, so just taking all of that into consideration and thinking about reflecting back on what has come to be for you over the last few years since July of 2018, what themes in your life have been presented related to Capricorn themes, this earth energy, our resources, our structure, our stability, um, our career, our roles in the public, what we really feel drawn to, um, and really just taking note, maybe even doing some journaling exercises of what shifts and changes we've made both internally and externally over these past two years can be really helpful just to see and reflect Um, because the next time we come to eclipse season, it's going to be in a different axis. So it's going to shift roles out of cap out of cancer and capricorn so we're really shoring up and um finishing out these themes okay you guys so uh like I said I don't do a lot of manifestation or spell work or ritual work during this time I tend to really focus more on just rest and being present and allowing and I still pull cards for myself and um you know light a candle take some time for meditation um whatever feels right for you do that okay I think that's great advice for any time really. So I pulled a spread for us. I pulled three cards, um, or three positions, six cards, and I'm asking about a general theme for this full moon time. And then what is really ready to be transformed and released? And then what we are creating room to bring in. And so I pulled two cards for each each position. The first card that I pulled is from the Wild Unknown deck by Kim Kranz and it is the 10 of Wands in the reverse position with the liminal space card. Magic is either everything or it is nothing. And I love these two cards together and I love this as a general theme for this eclipse. And you know, this is over the next two-week period, but we're also see themes of this carrying out over the next six months. Cause again, eclipses tend to speed up, intensify, and last a little bit longer in their energy. So what we are releasing as the ten of wands, we're releasing it because it's in the reverse position. This theme is about an excess of fire. And the way that I really think about this card is like when the logs of a bonfire are packed so tightly that the fire gets snuffed out, there's not enough oxygen flowing to keep the fire lit. And this is like overworked and overwhelmed and the sense of burnout. But what I also really see with this card is an inability to see clearly forward. We have no idea what's coming next because we're so exhausted. We have lost connection with our intuition. We have lost connection with our mental clarity. We are overworked and we are overburdened and we are just too bogged down. And it's like we're in this mental fog. And I always use the image of the Tasmanian devil, right? If you guys remember this cartoon, maybe I'm dating myself, but he spins and he spins and he spins and he kicks up this cloud of dust all around him. And it's like the, he can't see forward. We can't see forward until we stop spinning. We literally will not find that clarity until we stop to rest. And this is what is being asked of us is to let go and to create space. And I always think of breath work here because we literally need to oxygenate ourselves. We literally need to breathe life into ourselves. And create a space for clarifying, right? And the third chakra is associated with the wands, right? And this is our inner fire. This is our Agni. But when we tend to lose our inner fire, we lose clarity. We lose mental clarity. And what fire does is it detoxifies. So when we utilize this fire correctly, we can detox any unwanted physical, emotional, mental narratives, whatever it is, in order to find clarity. And the card magic is either everything or or it is nothing, is really lending to the fact that we have to accept the good and the bad, right? If we can't see magic If we can only see magic in the good things that happen to us and we can't see magic in the shadow, then we're always going to be living out of balance. And even though this has been a time of great uncertainty and it is calling upon us to really work through some intense shadow, this is magic, you guys. Nothing can be transformed. If we are unwilling to go through the shadow and the harder parts, nothing can be changed if we are unwilling to actually get out of our comfort zone and do the things that we've been maybe afraid to do. And in this case, it's going to come more from non-doing than it is from taking action, which leads me into the next card, which is the chariot reversed with come back down to earth. Now, the chariot is very, very much a card of intense forward action. And the the chariot has a pentacle. He has a moon on his forehead in this wild unknown deck. It's a horse running forward and the sun above him. And it is this huge push forward. And this card, the chariot, is associated with Cancer energy, which is the opposite of Capricorn. right? And so we're working on this axis again and whenever i see the chariot reversed my first thought is to stop to slow down to stop moving and again to rest so a very similar theme and it's just like we we can't act for the sake of action anymore. We can't do just for the sake of doing. There's no more like busy as, a t- like touting busy as something to be proud of, of like checking off your to-do list for a sense of self-worth. We have to be able to find value outside of this capitalistic consumerism. We have to be able to find And figure out who we are when we're not doing anything. When we're not accomplishing anything. When we're not succeeding at our outward goals. If we really want to find that deep sense of stability that's available to us in earth energy. We've got to come back down to earth. Right? We have to reestablish a connection with earth energy. Because we've been so fucking busy doing and being and succeeding and moving from one thing to the next to the next to the next that we've forgotten who we are we've forgotten where we come from we have lost our connection to our roots to our ancestors to even the fucking food that we eat right we buy it in a grocery store we have no idea where it comes from these simple things this simple action I guess of inaction, of constructive rest, of allowing rather than doing is going to be revolutionary. It is revolutionary to do nothing in a society that asks you and applauds you for doing everything and buying everything and using material things as a gauge for your success. the the next card that I pulled is the daughter or the page of wands. And with this, I pulled an equal but opposite reaction. And these two things together, I really love because the page is this young feminine energy. It's creative. It's a spark of a new journey. And so it is introducing us back into wands energy, back into fire, but from a more balanced, place from a more feminine, open, creative place. And so we're learning how to balance and like an equal, but opposite reaction reminds me that like the action that we're going to take is going to be done with full awareness of the consequences. The actions that we take must be done with full awareness of the consequences, which means we have to care, which means we have to actually give a shit when we spend our money on the impact that that's going to have, right? Are we feeding into a capitalistic system that just continues to feed into, I don't know, white supremacy or killing the climate, or are we going to spend our money on things that are maybe a little different? Are we going to make decisions, small decisions every day that lessen our impact or that are really done mindfully with the impact in mind? Right? An equal but opposite reaction. We are learning how to consider the consequences of our actions and care about each other. We're moving towards more interdependence. We're moving out of individualism and into a deeper connection with community. We can no longer just look out for ourselves. Look at this pandemic. Look at where we are. Look at what we're fighting against, wearing a piece of cloth over our faces in order to protect other people. We have to be willing to make sacrifices for others. We have to be able to care about the consequences of our actions. And in order to do this, we must come back down to earth. We have to stop going and doing all of the time and come back to what matters. So if you do anything these next two weeks or for this full moon, I think a really, really beautiful practice would be to come back down to earth to do some earth rituals where you remember what's really important to you. What really creates a sense of stability for you, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is, what connects you to yourself? What connects you to this planet, to the earth that we live on? Some of my favorite earth rituals are just being outside in nature, gardening, whether it's outside in a garden or just even indoors with your plants or potted plants or herbs, making some delicious foods, making herbal medicines, making tea, using herbs or crystals or oils in a ritual bath, um, taking care of my physical body, whether with massage or doing some kind of movement that feels really physically nourishing remember earth energy has to do with our physical body with our sense of security of safety it connects us to our ancestors to our family to our roots and so where do you feel overworked overburdened overwhelmed and how can you give yourself support on a very very physical level Okay, you guys, I really love these cards for us. I really have hope for all of us and for the changes that we're making as a society. I know they're so hard. I know it's been so overwhelming. Take some time to rest and to nourish. And I hope that you have an easy or a grounded or maybe not (laughs) lunar eclipse because we all know how this can be. But know that I'm here with you and I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you find it helpful. If you do, please share in any way you can or support. All the info for that is in the show notes and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Take care.